one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. Let's go. Joining us, Monday Night Edition Daily Boogie Podcast. As always, tonight's recommended drink is cheap box wine. Tonight's recommended snack, bland brand, no-name crackers. This is the official wine and crackers broadcast right here at 7pm, like it always is. It's always at 7. It's always at 7, and we never miss any shows, ever. (laughs) We're always on. (laughs) Thank you for joining us. Whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever you are. Mm. So much to get through in so little time. If you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, then please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, ladies and gentlemen... If you'd like to leave a tip during tonight's proceedings, there are a few ways you can do it. You can head to streamlabs.com slash boogie bumper. You can go to DLive, get some of those little lemons and leave those soury little suckers in my fruit bowl. Uh, or you can head to buymeacoffee.com where you can, in fact, purchase your boy Boogs a beer. Now, if it's a little bit confusing, because it is a bit confusing for some people. But Boogie, why would I go to the coffee place if I'm buying a beer? That doesn't make sense. I don't sell beer at the cafe. What the fuck am I doing buying beer in there? Well, we do have this very helpful little informational, this little educational tool for you to help you purchase a beer at the coffee place. I just have a cup of coffee. Beer it is. No, I said coffee. Beer. Coffee. Beer. C-O-B-E. I hope that sorts it out for you. I hope that sorts it out. So thank you for joining us. Yes, I've been away for a while. Uh, let me explain. So, it was a hell of a week. Sorry that I missed all those shows, by the way. Off for a whole fucking week. So, we've got so much to catch up on. Um, I'm going to open the phones up in the second half of the show. So, if anybody wants to call in, I'll flash the number up on the screen. Flash up on the screen. And you can call in if you want. Have your say about the goings-on of the day. But, uh, yeah, so I was off for a week. Uh, last Friday, It's it all started last Friday. So, last Friday, I had to... Head to the dentist, which is a lot of fun. Uh, let me just find something for you so we can help set the mood, perhaps. Um, I had to go to the dentist. I knew, I thought that I was going to get two teeth ripped out. It turned out that I only got one. Um, so I only got one tooth ripped out, but there were there was some there, there were some complications. There was some complications. See, I thought because I'm an idiot, I thought that I'd be back at work like the next day. And my dentist, a little Chinese woman, who I appreciate, by the way, if you're going to go see a dentist, make sure that there's somebody who studies very hard under the threat of physical violence from their parents, number one. And number two, make sure that they have very small, very tender little female hands. That helps, trust me. It helps. I'm not saying that she didn't butcher me. (laughs) She did, but... I mean, it, it could have been a lot worse, right? 
So I went down there and she's like, oh, we're going to have to, we're going to have to remove him. We're going to have to cut him out. Now, the problem with this tooth was apparently it had gotten to a stage where uh, usually if they're going to rip a tooth out, they have like cartilage around the tooth and it just kind of, you wiggle it around and it pops out. But that wasn't the case for me. Like my, my gums and shit are still swollen now. <laughs> so I might even sound a little bit different. Uh, it's still very sore. I'm still on painkillers. So in my case, because this cartilage wasn't present, they had to actually drill. They had to cut into my jawbone to get the tooth out. Yeah. It's very nice, isn't it? It's a lovely sound. So this was me um, last Friday. <laughs> I've, I haven't heard this video before. This ought to be good. The fucking, the absolute state of ASMR. I mean, look at this. Don't worry, we'll get to the news. We'll get to the sub-hype in a minute, just because we're off track here. Look at the state of ASMR now. Remember when it was just like pretty girls eating uh, watermelon and shit? That was kind of it. Who the fuck, who, what kind of sadistic fuck would make an ASMR about dental office sounds? But that's what this is. So. <laughs> what a sick fuck this person is. Oh, yeah. Woo. Lovely. Oh, it brings back so many memories. <laughs> so, yeah, they had to... That's just the drill. That's nothing. She pulled out what looked to me to be like a miniature circular saw when she went to work on me. Um, here we have... When I got home, I joked with my wife, we have the scraper, here's the poker. <laughs> you know, the dentist from the Simpsons. Ralph, why must you turn my dentistry into a house of lies? So she pulled out this little thing that was like a circular saw, had to drill into my... Uh, jawbone to get this tooth out so my gums were basically like cut in half I've got stitches in there it's still all very swollen so it's a lot of fun uh, that's why I was off last week because I, I really couldn't speak that much it hurt to speak and it still kind of does but you know we'll get through it I, I hate missing shows especially when we have such big fucking news to bring you tonight because ladies and gentlemen after many many years of trial and error and error, and error, and failure, and trial, and failure, and error, and trial, and failure. Uh, we did it! 1,000 subs on YouTube, ladies and gentlemen. We did it! Son of a bitch did it! Yeah! Alright! 1,000, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much. Everybody who subbed, you're an absolute fucking rock star. Special, special love has to go out to a few people. Minister of Fun, give me with the diamond. Allow me to, allow me the first thrust of the diamond rape. Well, thank you very much. The first thrust is always the best. After the first thrust, uh, you, you lose the intensity of it, don't you? It's always the first one that counts. That's when the rape actually starts. It's the first thrust. Winning TV with a diamond. Winning TV with a double diamond. DLive.tv slash winning TV. Thank you, Phil. Yay, 1K subs on YouTube. 
Uh, now if, and that's all we got, now if, yeah. So I'll remember all of you who subbed when my channel gets taken away. I'm going to really, really remember these moments, you know. Finally getting to a thousand after all this time. Wonderful. <laughs> exactly. Winning TV. If you get demonetized, you made it. Exactly. Hey, I might not even get monetized in the first place because I started the, I, you know, I started like the fucking approval process, the application process and all of that stuff. And apparently it can take like up to a month and somebody reviews your channel and... Happy Hanukkah, my nigga. I don't like my chances. <laughs> Victor underscore von underscore shroom tipped $5. Oh, thank you, Victor. Heard you lost a tooth so had to send in the German folk singers. Okay, let's have a look here. Thank you, Victor. Thank you for the donation, Victor. What do we got here? Oh, that's a lovely... That's a, that's a very toothless gob there on the old German fella. Thank you for the video, Victor. <laughs> it's called the Toothless Song. Thank you. Victor always sends the strangest clips. Thank you so much, though. So, yes. Um, and I didn't I didn't know, actually, when it happened. So, special shout-out to everybody who shares the link out for the show. Thank you so much. People who share the YouTube link. Special tip of the hat to Kitty B, the Minister of Fun. Um, a special shout-out to Fat Keck Boy. Yeah. Who actually spent five five dollars of his own money <laughs> to get us to a thousand, which is fucking dedication. The rest of you should admire. The rest of you should take take Fat Keck Boy's lead here and just shower people with money to get the word of this show out there. So he uh, made a tip to the ROTC guys and got a nice plug from Royce and Mersh. And next thing you know, we were up over a thousand. And like I said, I didn't even know. Uh, Foggy tagged me in something on Twitter. He said, hey, thanks. Congratulations for a thousand boogs. And I was like, what? <laughs> Foggy, you high again. Come on, mate. What the fuck are you talking about? We'll never get to a thousand. But we did. We got over the line, pushed over the line. So thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. And I think something like this calls for, we don't break it out very often. Uh, it's a proud moment, not just for you know, yours truly. It's not just a proud moment for the king. It's a proud moment for the entire kingdom of Boogie Stan, ladies and gentlemen. So I think it only appropriate. You you share in this victory of ours. And now that we've got to a thousand subs, clearly uh, there's nothing fucking stopping us. We're going straight to the moon. Straight to the moon, baby. The national anthem of Boogie Stan to celebrate. Why not? It's been a while. Enjoy.
Congratulations, everyone. Ich bin der kleine Fichtel vom Zauberland und bitte euch, ihr Leute, gebraucht Verstand. Unser Leben ist bedroht, hilft uns niemand, droht uns Not und ihr Menschen werdet nie mehr glücklich sein. Fucking fantastic. Thousand subs. Thank you very much. So, that happened. So, I was celebrating that uh, last week. And then last night, something happened. So, as you know, well, you might not know because, you know, you're merely peasants here in the kingdom of Boogistan. But the king likes to engage uh, from time to time in a little bit of royal diplomacy. Sometimes we like to reach out to other kingdoms. You know, we like to touch base. We like to keep on good terms with our fellow leaders and dictators in our various micronations. And so I thought I'd spread the love. It's good if you get a little love, it's a good thing to spread a little love, keep the joy going for everyone as much as you possibly can. And I saw uh, Trenton Wade. We love Trenton Wade here on the program. Uh, a king in his own right. A Kang, if you would. Um, he put a tweet out before, back up to 666 followers after that last purge by Twitter a few months ago. Probably lost a good 70 or more. And I thought, well, since, you know, obviously now we're up to a thousand subs on YouTube, right? So now obviously we have clout now. <laughs> we have pull now. Like there's a big difference between like, say, 970 and a thousand. Clearly, clearly now everybody's just going to flock to this show and do whatever I tell them. So I thought, well, I'll spread the love around now on Mr. 1K and let's get Trenton some Twitter followers. And as you can see here, we've we've gone from 666 because I put this tweet out. Hey, give my man Trent a follow. Don't be stingy on the button. Do it now. The tremendous influence here of this program. Trenton is now up to 670 followers, ladies and gentlemen. A massive jump of four followers over the course of about, you know, 36 hours. I think that's a good return. It shows you just how influential we are here on this program. And of course, Trenton can thank us here at the Kingdom of Boogistan, the Daily Boogie podcast, for this, you know, this influx of fans that he's received. All four of them. So you're welcome, Trent. <laughs> so we thought we'd spread the love with Trent and Wade, get him a few more followers on Twitter. Uh, to which Winning TV replied, why would you not follow Trent and Wade? He's going to the protest and he's going to get laid. In reference to the Irrational Times ditty about Trent. To which Trent replied with this picture of one of the fine young lasses who was trying to accost him at, I believe this is the Austin protest, if I'm not mistaken. Have a look at that. Have a look at that fetching, vexing beauty, ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely wonderful. Uh, to which I replied, look, it's she's basically giving you the kissy face. Now, this spawned a whole idea. This spawned a sidetrack. And I know that um, JJ played the clip earlier today, but he missed so much of the context here. This isn't a slide against JJ by any stretch. We love JJ here on the show. But uh, he missed a lot of context here with the particular promo that we're about to watch. Because... This all started as like a, an interaction between myself, Winning TV, and King Trenton, where basically we came up with the idea, well, if White Boy Summer 
if White Boy Summer is about white boys getting black pussy, then surely we can let a brother get some protest Thank pussy as well. Why not? I'll see you in hell. Sure we can let a brother, like a king, a king, like Trent Wade, surely he can get himself some, I guess you would call it questionably white pussy at a protest. <laughs> close enough. We'll call it close enough. How about we call a Hispanic white or perhaps a Jewess white? One or the other. So he can get himself some white pussy at a protest. I think that's only fair. So now, so, you know, we've inculcated Trent and Wade into White Boy Summer. So we, we as the white boys, we get all the black pussy. He gets um, a little bit of trimmed off protest pussy on the side. I think it's fair. And by the way, I put the link in the chat before. Follow Trent and Wade. If you follow Trent, he's always following shit. He's always following like the protests on YouTube. So he'll post handy links, like check out what's happening in Austin. Check out what's happening here. He watches like a lot of the IP2 stuff as well. If you want to delve into the sick, seedy underbelly of the internet, he'll help you out there. He'll steer you in the right direction. So, so after this, uh, we then got this. Uh, king Trenton. Uh, this is your king, king of boogie stand, boogie bumper. Uh, king Trenton made this clip. <laughs> and let's see. Uh, as you know, as I guess as a celebration, as a warning shot to everybody that White Boy Summer now involves Trenton Wade and Trenton's going to be going after that protest pussy. Let's have a look. <laughs> I, I, I love the closed eye, like, just breathing it in, getting himself centred, you see. And a special mention has to be made about the building behind him. Uh, it is the Autism Treatment Centre. <laughs> Because it's the little touches that make all the difference, don't you think? So King Trenton out the front of the Autism Treatment Centre, uh, cutting this promo. Ladies and gentlemen. A lot of people have been asking me. Yeah. When are you going to do another promo, Trent? When are you going to do another promo? Protester smash record. So, Trenton, I don't know. Can we, can we get hold of that record? Who do we contact for this record? Who do you think has the record? Who do you think has crushed the most puss at a protest? Who do you possibly think? Gee, it's a tough one. I'm sure it's none of the men who regularly attend protests. Because <laughs> obviously they're far too effeminate. You know, sure. You know, a man who would attend these protests probably isn't going to assert himself sexually. He's not going to assert his sexual dominance, so he's probably not going to be crushing a lot of puss. He may get a pity fuck at the end of the night, maybe, just maybe. But that would only be by one of the women who aren't lining up for the Burger King, Trenton Wade. 
Ben K. Veritas. Hope not Ben uh, Baked Alaska. No, Baked Alaska doesn't get any pussy inside or outside of a process. He's dry. Dry as a nun's nasty, mate. out at the end. <laughs> so there you have it. Trent Wade coming to a protest near you, ladies and gentlemen. He's going to be crushing that protest puss. All right. Let's get into it, shall we? Like I said, it's been a while. I've been off for, what, missed four shows, so almost a week and a half. I'm trying to ease into tonight. Got to find our bearing again because it's been so long. Let's go. Well, for some reason, Batman has got Thanos in the rear naked poke. And out of nowhere, oh! little Antonio Stark. Happy with an ass- oh, you little fucker. Minister underscore of underscore fun underscore Kimmy tipped $5. Thank you, Kimmy. And that's it. <laughs> Thank you very much. That's the best kind of donations. <laughs> Thank you very much, Kimmy. Look at this little shit. Oh, God. On on the one hand, I really like his moxie. I like his I like his get up and go. I like his attitude. I like his style. On the other hand, what a little cunt. <laughs> Running in and kicking Thanos in the head. Uh, sorry, pardon me. Take it away, Steve. Well, for some reason, Batman has got Thanos in the rear naked poke. And out of nowhere, little Antonio Stark with a nice staunch kick. Antonio Stark. <laughs> Iron Man is in shock. He cannot believe what he's seen right now. This doesn't this always happen? Who's teaching these children? So once once the first kid goes in, everybody else jumps in too. It's a pylon, isn't it? It's a good old fashioned pylon. Gee, they start young, don't they? <laughs> the first little bastard runs up, kicks that ass in the head, and then all of his mates join in. Look at that! <laughs> I think Spider Man has to intervene. Kick to the dome of Thanos. Iron Man is in shock. He cannot believe what he's seen right now. Batman trying to break it up. What the hell is Batman doing in there with these Marvel characters? What? <laughs> this is the Avenger gang, the little gang. More than likely, these kids will get their You're own not supposed spin to cross the universe. Quick look at the replay. First of all, I'm confused. Batman's up in here giving Thanos a rear naked poke. But secondly, it's oh. Antonio Stark with a nice kick to the. I know they're only little, but those little feet fucking hurt, mate. Dome of Thanos. Thanos sees stars. That is. Ah, Adonis Paul in chat. Uh, DLive.tv uh, slash Adonis slash Paul, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, underscore Paul. Check out Adonis Paul. Follow him wherever you can because he's on his, I think he's on his fourth or fifth fucking channel now. Because you see, Adonis made a friend. <laughs> Adonis made himself a friend on the internet. Uh, a very yo- lovely young lady who has taken quite the interest to Adonis Paul and he with her. I, I guess you would say they've become infatuated with each other. And Adonis and his fans, I believe they're called the fuck gang, the fuck boys, the fuckers. I don't know good bunch of people so adonis has made himself a friend on the internet named andrasia and if you if you haven't been up with that story i'm not even i'm not even going to delve into it 
I'm not even going to stick a fucking toe in that water, man. I am just a happy observer. So I've been watching uh, AP and Daywave and JJ cover this chick. The horror cow of 2021. Unmistakably. I haven't seen anyone else that even comes close. And what's what's encouraging to me is it's like the more that gets mined, it's like it's like a gold mine. The deeper you go into the gold mine, you find a few shards and nuggets and shit, you know, on the surface, and you go, ooh, we might keep digging here. And as you keep digging, next thing you know, people are lugging, you know, slaves are dying, dragging out these semi-trailer-sized fucking pieces of gold chunks out of the earth. And it's like, it just keeps coming. The might, the good times just keep fucking rolling. So follow Adonis Paul, JJ Stoner and, and Royce Lopez, by the way, if you want to keep up with that fucking horror show. <laughs> Thank you, Kitty, for the chat, uh, for the clip. Steve Inman. Uh, tell you what. Look, we like to have we like to have fun on sometimes on this program, ladies and gentlemen. But I tell you what's no laughing matter, and that's COVID nineteen. We have a very serious issue on our hands. I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but so much has changed. We may never get back to normal, ladies and gentlemen. And there are so many questions and complications and issues swirling around here in 2021. One struggles to even know where to begin, how to start addressing all of these issues. But let me tell you something. The serious issues are being discussed by the serious people. So I have an article here which we will go through, and hopefully this will make things a little bit easier for all of us. Ladies and gentlemen, from the Sydney Morning Herald, to hug or not to hug, the complicated return of physical greetings. Aren't they adorable? You know, you know what I love most about the corporate media is they fill my head with facts and knowledge and never ambiguity, which leaves me confused at the end of an article. They never do that. I really appreciate how they're giving me only clear information in regards to COVID-19. Oh, what's this? Will we ever be able to hug somebody again? I feel scared by this thought. Imagine, imagine being scared. Imagine thinking... Imagine thinking hugging someone is complicated. I, I'm surprised you even work an email. How the fuck how the fuck are you alive at this point? You know, I'd love to hug somebody, but it's just so damn tricky now. Really? Wonderful. As COVID-19 swept through Europe in the winter of 2020, it was noted with plenty of irony that one of the pandemic's first casualties could be the air kiss, ladies and gentlemen. After all, it was midway through fashion month, so you can tell we're really focused on the fucking high, the high end of society here. We're really coming from like a working class background kind of perspective when it comes to COVID-19. <laughs> you know, I, th I think that we should all remain indoors because I think hugging people is exceptionally complicated. I mean, last time I was at the fashion show in Milan, you wouldn't believe the kind of outrageous hoops I had to jump through just to get myself a Chardonnay. <laughs> you know, what I love most about the corporate media is they're just like us. They're just like you and me. The biannual circuit of shows through New York, London, Milan and Paris that things started to get it started to get real. Industry masthead Women's Day, Women's Wear Daily, even ran an article under the headline, quote, at Paris Fashion Week, air kissing is out, 
hand sanitizer is in. I would have thought that hand sanitizer would have been a staple at some of these shows. Uh, you don't want to you don't want to touch the models without having some kind of cleaning liquid, you know, ready at hand just afterwards because uh, they tend to take a lot of cocaine. They throw up a lot. So they're probably very sweaty, very stinky people. They might look okay on television, but I'm sure they smell fucking awful. Uh, I've said before, and I'll say it again, I maintain that I, I used to I, I used to hate the fashion industry, but now I quite like it because I came to the realization that the fashion industry only exists to give otherwise useless people, a, you know, some kind of employment so they don't rob old ladies on the street. That's all it's for. Minister of Fun, Kimmy with a diamond. Assault hugs are my jam. You should see the fear. <laughs> Rape hugs. So, you know, without the fashion industry, like, for example, if your talent is knowing how to tape somebody's boobs together and put sparkly shit on their chest, you're not going to get a job at a mechanic, you know? You're not going to be able to do the books at a laundromat. You are essentially a useless person. So that, this is why fashion exists, to give these people something to do so they don't steal. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful arrangement. We all pretend, like we all pad their ego and pretend like it's important what they do, but we all know, we all look at each other knowingly and say, nobody's ever wearing any of that. We let them think that they can decide what the fashions are and what the style is and what people will be wearing. We humour them. Because if we didn't, they'd go crazy because they're useless people and they would start stealing. And we can't have that. We must not have that. So it's basically just a big sheltered workshop. It wasn't long before government intervened. This is the article. In March, Prime Minister Scott Morrison declared war on handshakes. The Conservative Prime Minister, by the way. Thank you, Mr Morrison, for keeping me safe. In May, America's top infectious disease expert, Dr Anthony Fauci. I haven't heard that name before. God, isn't it great? If, if I never hear the name Dr. Anthony Fauci one more time, I'll fucking die a happy man. I'll put a bullet in my head knowing that I've saved you all. Dr. Anthony Fauci went so far as declaring we should never shake hands again. Get rid of the handshake. Ever. And as late December, Victorian Premier Dan Andrews was sticking by his government's tough no-hugs-no-handshake stance. Isn't it good that the governments are doing very important things, like telling us whether or not we can hug somebody? And yet as 2021 has dawned and Victoria in particular continues a record run of zero community transmission, something has shifted. People are hugging and kissing again like it's 2019. The fucking horror, ladies and gentlemen. Except on MasterChef, where excessive elbow bumping in early episodes of season 2021 feels just as wrong. Everything feels. My feels have feels. When I could not attend a work event this week and ask for a contact for a debrief, her key points did not concern the speeches or the food, but the sheer amount of kissing between the guests, listen to this, which made her uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm kind of sick of being... I, I'm kind of sick of being lectured to by, you know, these people who just, like, every, everything's confronting and everything makes them uncomfortable. And now they're, they're 
tearing themselves apart trying to figure out whether or not they should be allowed to Bring hug people. Bring the bell I mean, and get your off. cheese, man. Uh, thank you for the sub, Irrational Times, dlive.tv slash Irrational Times. Now, now they're tearing their insides apart trying to figure out whether or not it's okay to Happy hug somebody at a party. Fuck off, man. Oh, Sinister Charlie pipped five dollars. Why does Howie Mandel continue to punish us like this? Yes. Also, congrats on one K. Not like I Thank have you. mood or something. <laughs> Thank you very much, Sinister Chart. Actually, speaking of Howie Mandel, uh, I came across a, a video that I think I'll do later in a show. I'm still tossing up whether I'll save it for Friday because I potentially have a Canadian coming on the show on Friday, and I don't want to say too much more than that. Um. But I found this clip, which is a Canadian watching a Simpsons episode where he's complaining about Canadian stereotypes, racist Canadian stereotypes. And I'm like, oh, it's so fucking tempting because that's exactly the kind of shit we do here. So I don't know if I will play it tonight or maybe I'll save it for Friday. You, you think about it. Would it be more fun with a Canadian on the show? I don't know. Press one in the chat if we should play the hand-wringing, hanky-sucking, bed-wetting, knuckle-dragging Canadian uh, feeling confronted and offended by a Simpsons episode talking about Canada. Press one if we should play that tonight. Press two if we should wait for a Canadian. Happy Hanukkah, my nigga. Hey! Winning underscore TV tipped three dollars. Thank you, Phil. Regular guy fashion shows would be popular in Boog Yestern Boog Guy. Regular guy fashion show. Let's have a look here. <laughs> yes. I guess Nicky and Patty won't show. Ah, oh, the classics never die. They didn't call either, huh? No. Tonight we present. A uh, tribute to the American silhouette. Ladies and gentlemen, the regular guy look. Wow, fun little piece of movie trivia for you. That guy there with the white suit, or the dashing white suit, he played, if I'm not mistaken, he played the submarine driver who's missing a leg in the hunt for Red October. How do you fucking like that one, mate? Huh? Joy of Pessy and Mersh and uh, the starting block, they're not the only ones who know pointless movie trivia. There you go. That's all I've got, though. That's the only one I know. <laughs> I know that guy played Skip Taylor. I think his name was Skip Taylor. Yes, also in Beetlejuice. Very good. Ladies and gentlemen, the regular guy look. This guy's Jonathan Kelly wearing the regular guy leisure look. Old print, double knit polyester pants with totally non coordinated print shirt. For the best time! Pie is wearing the Italian restaurant look. For the best time! Perfect for picnics where you can do your own tablecloth. Ty has the bowling alley sportif look. Hillbilly Harry, they cut his leg off, yeah, to help him fit in the submarine driver's seat. They used to be a lot smaller back in the 80s during the Cold War. We've got to save everything we can. So, so I mean, all right, I missed the vote. Okay, most I think most people are saying two. They want to save it. For, all right, we'll save it for Friday. Very tempting to play it tonight. Right, let's get back to our article here. At a Melbourne cafe on Wednesday, I observed a woman ask permission to shake hands as she greeted her clients. May I shake your hand? Ew. Like, like I was saying, 
aren't you kind of getting sick of being lectured to by these neurotic, um, ever-offended people? You know, they, they're confused. They don't know what's allowed. They don't know what they're allowed to say. The only thing that they're really sure about is what you're not allowed to do. They don't know what they're allowed to do, but they are damn sure they know what you're not allowed to do. I'm kind of sick of listening to them, so I'm just not going to do it anymore. <laughs> I'm going, to, I'm going to take the Peter Gibbons approach. No, I'm just not going to go. I'm just not going to listen. I just don't care anymore. So I'm just going to laugh. I'm just going to mock them. I saw something on one of the fucking crappy daytime talk shows while I was off. People were talking about uh, climate change anxiety, PTSD. Like not, not anything, not any real affliction that might come from being exposed to like extreme weather events. Like not sun cancer, skin cancer, pardon me, or... You know, not drowning in a fucking typhoon or anything. Nothing like that. These are people who are so agitated and so anxious about impending doom, the impending doom of climate change, which is apparently two or three hundred years from now at best estimate. They're so upset by it that they can't function in society anymore. So these therapists were coming out saying, oh, it's very real. It's a very real affliction. People have climate change anxiety. But then they always, which is fine. If people want to have climate change anxiety, if people have this kind of mental problem, that's their problem. I, you know, whatever, that's sweet. Whatever blows your hair back, mate. But they always go one step f further, don't they? They always go one step too far. And they'll say something like, yes, a lot of people have climate change anxiety and climate change PTSD. And that's why we need to change everything about your life. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's why we need to ban you from using electricity to make them feel better. I don't think so. I don't think we'll be doing that. <laughs> nice nice of you to offer, though. That's very generous. I'd like saving the world, too. What a wonderful idea. The article continues. A friend told me how much she had missed hugging people and was grateful that the practice had returned. And a senior... I haven't thought about it that much. And a senior colleague recounted at how many work events where everybody shook hands, ladies and gentlemen. The current lack of COVID-19 in, uh, in the community means the risk of transmission is extremely low. Listen to this. you love this. But avoiding unnecessary contact is about maintaining good hygiene and infection control habits more broadly. Oh. So are you saying you don't want people uh, spreading, you know, infections and diseases and stuff? Well, I would like to draw your attention to the half-naked men riding the float down Main Street with sparkles on their genitals. <laughs> Assholes awaiting a fisting. Because we wouldn't want anybody, exactly, Russ, we wouldn't want anybody to catch the cooties now, would we? Remember how good those, I swear to God, remember how good those illegal hugs were? Illegal hugs. With a parent or friend felt during lockdown. No? Well, you may be in the other camp. The one probably, uh, probably relishing the license to avoid touching. Bennett says, what's most important is that we all avoid touching at the first sign of any illness. Ugh. She says, society has benefited. What about mental illness? Do I have to do I have to shake hands with fucking loons? <laughs> Can I avoid that? 
She says society has benefited from greater infection awareness generally, including staying home from work or away from friends if people are sick or recovering from illness, which I'm sure is making everybody stronger. It's about finding the happy medium, being able to connect with people, but having that extra sense of responsibility. So there you go. Uh, and here's the expert poll. So they canvass the experts just in case you needed to know what you're allowed to do. So uh, here's the poll. What level of physical greetings are you comfortable with? 41% said hugging friends is okay. 35% said I'm not touching anyone I don't live with. 14% said I am happy to handshake in a professional setting. <laughs> Put so much thought into this. 11% said what COVID-19? Give us a kiss. There you go. Will we ever be able to shake hands again? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, let's... Alright. What's the time here? Oh, we got... We'll do one more before we go to the break. Sorry, I've rattled on a little bit too much. I'll let you decide what you want to do here. I'll let you decide which video. So, I'll give you three options for us to cover before the break. And like I said, we're doing a little bit of catch-up. So, you might have seen a couple of these already. I'm not sure. I don't know, because I've been off, off circuit for a week, man. So option number one is a police body cam, a brawl at a Chuck E. Cheese. That's option number one. Option number two is a Cartnarks clip. Okay, so we can watch a Cartnarks clip. Option number three is something I found earlier today when I was just, just randomly came up. It's a clip from 2012, just before Barack Obama was to be inaugurated for the second time. And it's about somebody finding a solution to the Second Amendment problem. Fat Keckboy in a chat. I gave you a little shout out before. Uh, cheers. And follow Fat Keckboy on YouTube, by the way. YouTube.com slash Fat Keckboy, if I'm not mistaken. So clip number three is, like, a, like I said, an, it's an old um, news item from 2012 proposing a solution to the Second Amendment debate. And it's, it's fucking good. It's, it's layered. It's an onion. Trust me, it's an onion. My preference would be three, but I'll leave it ultimately up to you. You tell me what you want. I'll give you a minute. One, two, or three. Number one is the brawl at a Chuck E. Cheese. Number two, the carton arcs. Number three, the old news clip. Oh, the trees are in front. No reply asking, will I cry? You'll laugh, you'll cry. It's a roller coaster, man. It's a roller coaster. All right. The threes have it. Let's do it. <laughs> this fucking thing made my day. <laughs> I actually sent this to um, Royce earlier and I said, I think you guys, because they'll probably cover this a lot better than I can. Uh, I said, you guys might have some fun with this. So hopefully they play it at some point. They might not. I don't know, but might not get to it because I'm sure they get a lot of idiots sending them shit so this is fucking amazing this clip so this is from back in well I guess January 24 2013 Barack Obama about to be inaugurated for the second time and remember that show we did a couple of weeks ago flashing back to 1998 how a lot of the same issues were still being talked about in 1998 the same arguments were being made 
the same kind of twos and fro's were being had. And, you know, we come we come to the conclusion that ev- all of everything that we've been through over the last four or five years has already happened before. And everything that we're doing now, we've already done before. And everything we're about to do, we've already done before, right? So this is another one of those examples. So for, from back from 2013, have a look at this magic here. With the second inauguration of President Barack Obama now behind us, the Second Amendment... Wasn't he looking young and fresh there in the background? B.O., ladies and gentlemen. Behind us, the Second Amendment... <laughs> Minigun trend. This is Sinister Charlie. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no. Not miniguns. Mini guns. <laughs> if you're listening to the podcast, you can't see it. It says on the screen, mini gun trend. To which Sinister Charlie replies, oh, mini guns. No, 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 not mini guns. <laughs> mini guns. <laughs> You'll see. You'll understand what I'm talking about. Amendment to the Constitution is back in the headlines. Yeah. But here in Austin, a gun collector thinks he has a way of downsizing the debate over firearms. Okay. New at 6, KXAN's Jim Swift has this tiny report. Now, <laughs> so it's a, it's a guy who collects mini guns. And this, this, is, this is what, in 2013, this is what we were pinning our hopes on in regards to the Second Amendment. <laughs> Miniature guns. Okay. <laughs> now, so th- we're going to get to this guy who collects miniature guns, mini guns. But wait until you see the fucking reporter. Look how much corporate media has changed, right? If I were to ask you, what kind of reporter are you expecting here? Genuinely. Press one in the chat if you're expecting the reporter to be, I don't know, a woman of colour. Press two in the chat if you're expecting uh, the reporter to be a complete cowboy boomer chad. I don't know where this station is located. K K X A N. Somebody might know that. It looks like an NBC affiliate. KXAN could be fucking anywhere, as far as I know. So do you think the reporter is a woman of colour or a Chad Boomer cowboy? <laughs> oh, the times have changed for the worst. Yeah, everyone's on too. See, I would have thought woman of colour because I'd be thinking 2021 news, but this wasn't the case. Look, at this is what they stole from us. Have a look at this chap. This is a, a fourth scale carving fork, knife, and spoon. Sure enough, it is that, but it is also three separate miniature flintlock firearms with fully functional moving parts. This is a squeeze pistol. With fully functional moving parts. Collector Joe Menifee has amassed more than 150 teeny little guns, almost all of them exact replicas of their full-size, more dangerous Look at these little guns. Now, in this case... <laughs> this is the reporter. Look at this guy. Actually, I don't think he is Cowboy Chad. He's wearing a vest, but he's the, the hat and the beard and the vest kind of says fisherman to me, doesn't it? A fly fisherman. Somebody who fishes for trout and only trout. Going out to see the miniature guns. <laughs> Ace fully functional means all the parts work. Yes. Just like they would on a full-size version of a weapon. Full-size version of a weapon. <laughs> the way he fucking talks. The cadence. 
I love this guy. <laughs> you know, the debate about mini guns is, you know, they work just like the real thing. Full size. He sounds like a pre-recorded thing that you would hear at a train station. Attention, passengers, on platform number two. First stop, Hornsby. Next stop, Brandon. Redneck Shatner. <laughs> ben K. Veritas with a diamond. Small arms permit. Yes, very good. Very good. <laughs> Irrational times. Redneck Shatner here. In this case, fully functional means all the parts work. All just parts like they would work. on a full size version full of size. a weapon. In other cases, though, fully functional goes the, well beyond that. Look how much they zoom in. <laughs> I know it's pretty autistic to notice these things, but I'm watching and I'm like, are they ever going to stop zooming in on this guy? Look, we start here. It gets to here. It gets to here. <laughs> it gets to there. <laughs> stop zooming in. This is not his best angle. What the hell? Was the was, was the zoom button fucking stuck or something? Closer! Closer! <laughs> now that is a tiny little gun. <laughs> exact replicas of their full-size, more dangerous cousins. Now, in this case, fully functional means all the parts work. Yes. Just like they would on a full-size. West Travis... So where is Travis County? Is that Austin, Texas? Is Austin in Travis County? I think it is, if I'm not mistaken. Could be wrong. I could be wrong. I'm a filthy foreigner, so what the fuck would I know, really? In other cases, though, fully functional goes well beyond that. Take this little number, for example. While it won't actually fire around... Jesus. It does make one heck of a pop. I actually would prefer that, uh, you know, this... I... I actually would prefer if older police would carry all uh, these little miniguns around. <laughs> Yo, like, I would prefer if the police would, like, when they pull you over, because, like, I'm black, man, I get pulled over every single fucking day, man. I would l prefer if the police carry around a little gun, which is, like, the size of their big toe, <laughs> which does not fire around. I will respond to the noise that the little gun makes. This is how you uh, fix the gun problem in America. Just replace... Oh, I mean, it's fucking brilliant, isn't it? Let's just replace all the full-size guns with little guns. Gang shootouts would just never end. They, they just go all night and all day. Just all night in the hood, you'll just hear... <laughs> Point-blank range, doesn't matter. Ow, that stings! Fuck you! Let's carry on. Miniature collecting would be the alternative yeah. to gun collecting. For yes. most people, though, that's easier said than done. Look at this. Because while tiny... Look at this tiny gun. <laughs> I mean, you know, I do like a little gun that you can kind of fit in your sock or something like that. You know, like the spy shit in the 30s. One of those little ones that's on a little... Uh, like a little actuator or something that you have up your sleeve. Shoot somebody at the poker table in an old western. That's great stuff. Uh, one that's smaller, one that you'd have to rummage around in your ashtray in the car to find. It's probably not very practical. <laughs> Ernie Banks in the chat. Tiny guns make Asians seem bigger. Tiny in stature. 
these miniatures pack a big hit on the pocketbook. I guess a big, the uh, least a big hit on the pocket. Expensive is about four hundred dollars, and they go as high as fifty, sixty thousand dollars. And the reason for that is well, the miniatures are collectible. I mean, they take a lot of intricate detail. They're handmade, each piece, and they're rare. In and they're also useless. They're also pointless, which is why they're perfect for the Second Amendment debate. Indeed, says Menifee, there was a time when only kings and queens kings, could afford we to were own kings, such conversations. We were kings and shit, I mate. would prefer that, uh, you know, this miniature collecting... Now we can all be kings. Now we can all have ourselves a mini gun, miniature gun. They go as high as... Fifty, sixty thousand dollars And the reason for that is... Well, the miniatures are collectible. I mean, they take a lot of intricate detail. They're handmade, each piece, and they're rare. Indeed, says... So we can get a look at the painting there. Oh, my God, look at this. Ladies and gentlemen, doggy coin being predicted there over the guy's right shoulder. Doggy coin painting in the background. Holy shit, we've got ourselves another time traveller. Fucking unreal. And they're rare. Indeed, and says Menifee. There was a time when only kings and queens could afford to own such conversation pieces. Yes. But later, the minuscule weapons took a practical turn. I do, like, I do like that looks like a little cult. 1911, I do like the little cult. And for full-size makers would make the guns in miniature because it was easier to carry around with the transportation they had back yeah. then. So it was a sales tool? Yes. And somewhere along the line, somebody went, hey, this is neat. Yes, they started off with half scale, and someone said, I think I can make that in one-third scale, and then it was a race to see who could make it the smallest <laughs> fully functional. For the record, Menifee is a big backer of the Second Amendment. Good. And he supports the right of people to collect the big boys. The big boys. <laughs> Comfy friend on Trover. I want to shoot flies with them. Yeah. Do you remember that thing that came out a few years ago? I tried to buy one. But believe it or not, uh, you may not believe this. Believe it or not, I couldn't get it shipped to Australia. Because apparently it's a weapon, and therefore I'm not allowed to buy it. Um, do you remember the gun which was like you load it up with salt and you shoot it at flies who are on the food at a barbecue? Did anybody see that? Now I have to fucking find these. Give me <laughs> just in case you haven't seen it. Give me a moment here. God, what was it called? And I was so pissed that I couldn't buy one. This is like five or six years ago this thing came out. I saw this ad and I thought, this is one of the best things I've ever seen. There, it, Yes, there it is. This is why I love Americans. Okay, let's have a look. See, the reason that a lot of non-Americans hate Americans are the same reasons why I love Americans, you know what I mean? Have a look at this fucking genius. Hi, my name is Lorenzo, and I'm the inventor of the bug assault. Bug assault. Flies are disgusting. Yeah. Now, how are we going to get all these filthy flies off my property? <laughs> Thanks a lot, Tony. Yeah, Tony. 
Protect your food and your health with the bug assault. Simple to use, just pour ordinary table salt, cock, aim, remove safety, and fire. Non-toxic, air-powered, no batteries required. I wanted one so bad. Can you imagine can you imagine the state of the Australian government who sees something like this and goes, oh, this is a dangerous weapon? <laughs> That's how fucking crazy we are. <laughs> <laughs> One pump and it's over. One pump and it's over. <laughs> Fucking love this guy. Oh, I want one so bad. Go to bugassault.com today. 39.95 plus shipping and handling. 40 bucks. 40 bucks. It's definitely worth 40 bucks. Imagine breaking that fucking bad boy out at a barbecue. Ah, oh, the flies, they're all over the sausages. Don't worry. <laughs> I've got this. Fucking oath, man. Where do I sign up? All right. With that, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, it's going to be one of those shows. We're a bit all over the place tonight. I've been off for a week and a half. I don't know what the fuck's going on, but I'm doing my best. Sub hype, 1,000 subs. Thank you to everyone who subbed to us on YouTube. Uh, let's take a quick five minute get myself a beverage when we return so much more to get through we might cover off a little bit we might do a little bit of recapping of brian stelter when we come back after the break so stick around you're on the monday night edition of the daily boogie podcast see you soon Narcissistic, and most importantly, completely pointless. Come waste an hour of your week with The Starting Block, Friday nights Australian time at dlive.tv forward slash The Starting Block. Get in touch with us on Twitter, at The Starting Block, no K at the end. Also, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or iTunes by searching for The Starting Block, or one word, or on Podbean at startingblock.podbean.com. Join the Blockheads, tuning in, in their millions, right around the world. My name is Frozen Asian, and I like to tell you about my show, The Sunday Night Shit Show, every Sunday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, along with the good conversations and laughing at funny and weird shit we find on the internet. We also have The Hat Cam, where I showcase my myriad of great-looking hats. Here is a testimonial from a great friend of mine who has enjoyed my hats lately. I, I hope your next hat is a bullet. Jesus Christ, what are you, fucking Asian dick crazy? <laughs> you. You <laughs> have to ruin my evening. Like I, I'm just gonna just listen, you know, listen to my bud do their show, and you, you gotta, you just gotta do this. Without the hat. So you're not enjoying it? No. <laughs> Dude, Asian oh, come on, really enjoy it. You look no. like you're going undercover <laughs> in, in Argentina, but it's not working. I hate you. <laughs> I hate you. I oh, hate come on, you secretly love it. 
No, no, I openly hate it. (laughs) (laughs) And there you have it. Uh, So subscribe to the Sunday Night Shit Show at youtube.com slash Sunday Night Shit Show. And hope to see you there on Sunday nights. Bye. Aloha and welcome to Pirate Radio. Ladies of Liberty, the hot seat. Or maybe this is my daily traffic report. I don't know. As you can tell, I, I seem to have a problem with commitment to one type of platform. I, I think doctors refer to that as uh, ADD. Uh, but anyways, if you want to follow any of those shows, you want to catch me live every single day of the week, you can follow me at Real Person Politics. That's Real Person P-L-T-C-S. Aloha. Another ain't no rest for the wicked Until we close our eyes for good It's Irrational Times Original music Interactive trivia Games, guests, VHS rental, adult learning center, window repair, flight trainer, kosher catering, and now introducing the lovely assistant. I do jibs. And here I use only the finest jib to combine with an organic jab to produce the highest quality jib jabs. Fooled by those imitation jib jabs made in Chinese sweatshops. Enjoy fair trade jib jabs made locally here in Canada. Due to the outcome of a previous court case, the lovely assistant is prohibited from jib jabbing outside of Canada. This Justin, the global officials that can help all, also known as Got You, have now banned all boogieing and boogie-related movements worldwide. Public safety is the main concern, they say, and people are reminded that boogieing is contagious. Anyone caught boogieing will be dealt with in the harshest terms police have reported. More right on. this world can get you down. There's just one thing you can do. And shake it all around. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. Hey, coming back. Second half of the show, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Monday night edition, Daily Boogie Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Like I said, so much more to get through. Just easing back into the routine. Kind of lost. Don't know, really. Haven't really been following the news. Just been laying on the couch, uh, holding my cheek and sobbing like a little bitch <laughs> for a week. <laughs> Make the pain go away. But it's slowly just getting good enough to annoy everybody on the internet once again. So thank you for joining us. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you to everyone who contributed to the DLive, uh, pardon me, the YouTube subs. I want a pepper gun. I want a salt gun. I know the, the, the salt gun is fucking going off its tits, mate. Everybody wants one. Let's get right back into the show, shall we? And incidentally, if you'd like to call in and have your say, the number is there on the screen. It's been a while since I've read it out, so I'm not sure if I remember it because I can't really see it where I'm sitting. 646-583-2700. That number again, 646-583-2700. If you want to call in and have your say... 
here on the Daily Boogie podcast. Uh, found this article interesting. TV news ratings online readership plunged during Biden's first 100 days. Who would have thunk it? Broadcast and cable news ratings, along with website traffic, are all hitting, uh, all taking a hit in the post-Trump era. Gee, it's almost like these people, if they don't have something to be upset about, then they have nothing to talk about at all. Isn't that funny? Isn't that strange? 646-583-2700. Gee, it's almost like if these people don't, you know, create strife in their own life, then they really have nothing to talk about at all. (laughs) Ain't that the darndest thing? During President Biden's first 100 days in office, weekly full-day cable ratings for CNN and MSNBC have been trending down, according to statistics from ratings company Nielsen. On average, 1.3 million household viewers were watching MSNBC in the last week of January, shortly after Biden took office. Listen to this. For the week ending April 25, that number was 868,000. Less less than one million people actually watch it. No no wonder they're fucking terrified. I mean, and they still have a lot of power. You know what their power is, though? It's not in the numbers of people that watch it. It's it's the who. It's the who that cares. Politicians still care about CNN and MSNBC, right? Um, journalism now is a sick. It's a sick, incestuous, you know, orgy, basically, where journalists quote other journalists. Journalists talk Ring about the other journalists. and get your cheese, man. Thank you for the sub, voice of reason. News people care what news people say. Politicians care what news people say. People who work in, like, PR and stuff like that, they care what journalists say, and that's pretty much it. And they all watch each other and talk about each other and support each other. And it's a closed shop. But outside of their own group, you know, with the, with the smattering of uh, knuckle-dragging rock ape, you know, drooling rock ape that might also watch them. For, you know, if you're watching it unironically, you'd be in that category. Outside of that, nobody really cares. So the power that they have isn't so much, you know, that so many people are watching them. The power they have is the the type of person that's watching them, the who that's watching them. Because the journalists and the the media organisations and stuff, even if, even if only eight hundred thousand people are watching a particular show on CNN, that will be enough for the politician to change what they're doing or change a policy or go in a certain direction based off what they think everybody else thinks. Because a lot of them still have this idea that, you know, the MSNBCs and the CNNs are like representing, you know, oh, we're, democracy dies in darkness. We're doing this for you. We're trying to, you know, we're speaking truth to power. All of that usual circle jerk shit that they carry on with. But really, in a country, what's, what's the population of the United States? 325 fucking million or something? At CNN, those figures went from, quote, 1.2 million to 749,000. Less than 750,000 people watching CNN in a nation of over 320 million. 
Even perennial uh, ratings leader Fox News is seeing a decline, though a much smaller one compared to its cable competitors, because now's the time for Fox News to, you know, attack the president. Now it's a tag team thing. CNN and MSNBC attack the Republican president. Fox defends the Republican president. And then when the presidency switches to the other party, they just change teams. They take off the shorts and, oh, now CNN is fighting in the blue corner, (laughs) right? Now Fox News is fighting in the red corner again. Network Evening News isn't faring any better. Uh, Ratings leader World News Tonight at ABC had 1.8 million fewer viewers in the seven days ending April 25 compared to the last week of January. NBC's Nightly News in the number two slot lost 1.7 million viewers in the same period while CBS is down 1.2 million. So that's just a quick little bit of context for you. Now, we do have to cover this. Do you remember the clip we played a couple of weeks ago? Thank you. Congratulations on getting 1,600. Oh, we're up to 1,600 on DLive. Really? Did we get to 1,600 on DLive? There you go. There you go. Oh, it's time for another one of these then. Another celebration of the Kingdom of Boogie Stand, ladies and gentlemen. Sixteen hundred on D Live, a thousand on YouTube. We're taking over the goddamn world, ladies and gentlemen. So the clip that we played was probably what three weeks ago now, close to a month ago. Uh, remember the CNN reporter in the midst of the riot, which was taking place, you know, just behind her, where she was telling the black guy who was talking to her, "Hey, look, look out, you know, stand over here. I'm, I'm protecting you." She was being very condescending and speaking down to him. When he didn't respond to her condescending, arrogant sort of candor, uh, she changed it up and started talking straight to him instead. Yo, yo, step over here. Let's rap a little bit. You know, it was fucking disgraceful. So there's a follow-up. Brian Stelter does a follow-up with her. And I'm trying to remember. Oh, yeah, the other one. So the other one was the guy who, the film crew who tried to go to the protest, remember? And they were chased out by the crowd. You know, we're on your side, that classic thing. So they were chased out by the crowd and, you know, they were getting shit thrown at them. A water bottle was thrown at one of the cameramen or whatever. And when you, you could hear on the on the footage, you know, somebody said, what what's going on here? And somebody said, CNN trying to act like bitch, trying to act like a bitch or something like that. CNN doing bitch shit. So they do. Brian does a little follow up because he's very concerned with the state of journalism <laughs> in 2021. He did a little follow-up with a, these couple of people to see, get their thoughts, to so they maybe so they can talk us through their ordeal. You know, their very painful experience, their their near-death experience, really. Let's have a look. What happens here? Welcome back to Reliable Sources. Welcome back. In America, John Allegon said, we can't even process one police killing. I live in America. Before there's another. I live in America. 
This story counts three police killings a day on average really? since the start of the Derek Chauvin trial. As seen in Chicago in the heartbreaking case of Adam Toledo, mm -hmm. these are split second life and death decisions that are then debated for days, weeks and months. Yeah. Largely because of the availability of video. Mm. That's the debated by 800,000 people, apparently, according to the latest Nielsen polls. But carry on, Brian. X Factor. That's what was not available decades ago, but is available today. So let's go to Brooklyn Center now, to Minnesota, where reporters have been symbolically and literally in between protesters and police, uh, working to tell the story of unrest there <sighs> without getting caught up in the action. <laughs> there have been cases of reporters harassed, yeah. assaulted, yeah. even arrested in Brooklyn mm. Center in the last week. Mm. And there are real concerns about how police are... Say the little things that Brian does. Harassed, uh, assaulted, and arrested. The reason that he put arrested at last is because then it leaves an impression on the audience, right? The very dumb, dim-witted audience, the very dense audience. If you put assault la uh, arrested last, pardon me, then you assume that the first two are connected to the last one, right? So you assume that the harassment and, you know, the assault was coming from the police because they were also arrested, right? See how this works? Sentence to sentence. You've got to be vigilant with these fuckers because sentence to sentence they are being manipulative scum. Caught up in the action. There have been cases of reporters harassed, mm -hmm. assaulted, and even arrested, even arrested. In, Center in the last week. And there are real concerns about how police are treating journalists there. <laughs> Only Brian would have the balls, would have the balls to turn the, you know, the current milieu, the current, the current turmoil. I mean, cast your mind back. This is a couple of weeks ago. Riots and shit, protests about George Floyd, blah, blah, blah. Only Brian would have the fucking balls to say, no, the, the, the journalists are the real victims here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how about, the, how about that for a chutzpah? Yes, yes, well, we know a lot. Welcome to, six, welcome to the 6pm news. I'm your host, Boogie Bumper. A lot of people out there are talking about the riots and the unrest associated with the protest after the conviction of Derek Chauvin. But here at uh, Boogie Bumper FM, we bring you the real news. That is... Journalists are under attack. <laughs> oh, very good. Yeah, this is our Vietnam. Foggy in the chat. Tuesday, CNN producer Carolyn Sung was thrown to the ground by state troopers and zip-tied. Really? really? Even though she kept identifying herself as a journalist oh. and showed her credentials. Yeah. Sung is Asian-American, and she mm. kept speaking in English, oh, oh. but still a trooper yelled at her, Do you speak English? <laughs> He's, he's managed to crowbar a little anti-Asian racism in there too. Oh, isn't he good? She was put on a prisoner transport bus. Uh -huh. She was searched. She was ordered to undress. And she was uh, ordered to put on an orange uniform. Mm. And then, after more than two hours, attorneys were able to intervene and secure her release. These details come from this letter that was sent yeah. last evening. Those poor journalists. I mean, she had to spend two hours in a cooler. Those poor journalists. Lucky those poor journalists have millions of dollars that they can spend on a team of attorneys to be on call 24-7. I mean, I really do feel so. They really are the downtrodden, aren't they? They really are struggling, aren't they? The poor, 
the poor little snowflakes, the poor wonderful little children, the light, the light that the the masses crowd around, the light of justice, of freedom, of democracy. God bless them and their team of attorneys. Uh, from uh, dozens of media outlets sent to state authorities calling for change to make sure these sorts of things don't keep happening. Yeah. You can see the headline there from USA Today about police rounding up journalists, forcing them to the ground, uh, taking pictures of their faces and press credentials. Yeah. Now, as of Saturday night, as of Sunday morning, the police are vowing they will not do that again. Oh, really? uh, Minnesota Governor uh, Tim Walz is- but, but, but will you stop doing it? Will you stop chasing people around and doxing them and sticking cameras in their faces and whatnot? Will you stop that? No, of course not. Expressing regret for some of the episodes in the past week, mm -hmm. uh, an embarrassment for the mistreatment of journalists. He's yep. writing on Twitter that journalists must be allowed to safely cover protests and civil unrest, and I've directed our law enforcement partners to make changes. Journalists must be allowed to safely cover protests and civil unrest. I agree. And I also agree that nobody else should be allowed to cover it. Which is why we need to ban people from live streaming uh, at protests and whatnot, right? Because that'll come. That's next. The live, they'll hit the live streaming. Uh, ages ago, what, 18 months, two years ago, we did an episode on this show, something like how to lose the internet in 10 days, something like that, if you go back in the archive of the podcast and check it out. And we were talking about how, you know, the banning of live streaming and stuff is being backdoored now with the rules, well, now as in two years ago. The rules that they were writing into law then were going to lead the way to the eventual banning of live streaming. So it was after the Christchurch shooting, which is the obvious one, of course. And, you know, the UK government, the Australian government, I think the Canadian government as well, the New Zealand government, all within a matter of days passed laws that said, essentially... Any platform that allows quote-unquote harmful content to stay up on their platform, any platform that allows this, the people who work at the platform can be thrown in jail. These were the laws. So not the person, not the person actually doing the filming, but the people who allow the film to go onto the internet, which is very malicious and deceptive. And like I said, a backdoor way to banning live streaming because... If you want only CNN and MSNBC and Fox News and the rest, uh, Karen sent me flaccid with the diamond, all the king's horses and all the king's men. Thank you very much, Steph. If you want only the CNNs, the, the MSNBCs, the Fox Newses and stuff to cover this kind of thing, then you should support regulation. Karen sent me flaccid with another diamond, seemed to have put Boogie together again. That's lovely. A bit of poetry there from Steph. Very talented is our boy. That's my boy. So by threatening uh, the people who work at the platforms themselves with criminal sanction, should somebody live stream something that somebody in the government deems quote unquote harmful, then it's only a matter of time. It'll only take one or two court cases for these platforms to say, well, I'm sorry, we just have to ban everybody from live streaming. Well, we'll ban everybody except what we determine to be authoritative news sources, right? So it'll be MSNBC, CNN, Fox News. They'll be the only ones who are allowed to present footage of protests and whatnot because, hey, you're doxing people. Hey, you're violating people's privacy, <clears throat> which is another little loophole that they use. So they'll be the only ones left. 
Because why would a company like, let's take YouTube, for example. Now that I've got a thousand subs on YouTube, I'm going to defend YouTube. <laughs> of course. Let's take YouTube, for, uh, for example. Why would YouTube allow little old Boogie Bumper to do his show if they can't be sure that what I'm going to produce is going to be, you know, corporate level safe, right? That's going to be safe for consumption. That's not going to offend anybody and nobody's going to get upset and we're not going to show anything that's quote unquote potentially harmful or whatever. They can't ensure that. They can ensure that with a CNN and an MSNBC and a Fox News and an ABC, but they can't do it for nobodies. They can't do it for nobodies like me. So eventually they'll just say, well, we'll just ban you. And unless you, you, you'll have to get pre-approval to live stream, right? They'll say, hey, what's your organization? What's your media organization? Should you be allowed? And if you're just a guy, you know, doing clips and reading articles and stuff, they'll say, sorry, sorry, we can't take the risk. You're out of there. And this was a couple of years ago. So I'm just, I'm just waiting for that story to develop. You know what I mean? So Governor Tim Waltz of, uh, Minas- is he Minnesota? I think he's Minnesota. Journalists must be allowed to safely cover protests and civil unrest, right? But it, he, he's not saying you should be allowed. J- only journalists. Because they're ordained, they're special, they're different, right? Hey, a journalist was a journalist was arrested by people at a riot. This can't be allowed. What about all the other innocent people who get arrested at, at protests? What about them? Fuck them. No, no, fuck them. In fact, they shouldn't even be allowed to. They shouldn't even be allowed to upload their videos to YouTube. Fuck them. It's beautiful, isn't it? So you know, keep an ear to the ground on that one. I don't think we're far from it, to be brutally honest. Uh, to make sure the journalists don't face barriers. Uh-huh. Bottom line is that unrest is no excuse to violate the First Amendment. And all of this is unfolding while reporters... Again, this is coming from... C- so unrest is no, no excuse to violate the First Amendment. This is coming from CNN, who's, who literally argue that people should be removed off the internet. They'll trot out uh, Oliver Darcy, who says, you know, we contacted Facebook to see if they've removed these pages because these pages are potentially problematic during a time of unrest. They'll openly say that. They don't give a fuck. But not the journalists. Reporters in Minnesota are bracing uh, for the verdict uh, in the Derek Chauvin trial. Uh, Closing arguments expected to begin tomorrow. With me now live in Minnesota are the CNN correspondents Sarah Seidner and Miguel Marquez, who are living this story and telling the world about it every single day. Oh, Miguel, you were with Carolyn, uh, Carolyn Sung, the producer who was arrested. Uh, thankfully, you were not uh, detained or arrested that evening. But these problems have been going on throughout the week. Uh, so the woman on the left, thankfully, she wasn't detained. The woman on the left who was, is the one who was being very condescending and snarky to the black guy at the protest, <laughs> at the riot. I want you to stand over here. I don't want you to get hurt. <laughs> there was a, a video shared on Twitter uh, of a water bottle being thrown at your crew uh, on one occasion. This seems like it was protesters trying to uh, trying to create trouble. This was a story that went viral in right-wing media. Oh, and down he goes. Let's see that again on the action slow-mo replay, Bob. Uh, frankly, they claim CNN was covering it up, which is ridiculous. But but mm. tell us what happened. Tell us what happened, Miguel. This went viral on right-wing media. <laughs> yeah, there was, was no cover-up. There was a lot of things happening at Brooklyn Center Police Station. Right. There was the main 
body of protesters that were holding a rally and sort of focused on the you know, eyes on the prize and focused on what they wanted to do. There were a few protesters at the gates to the police station yelling at the police. And then we, there also then there was the phalanx of uh, law enforcement behind the gates. And we wanted to sort of show all of that in mm -hmm. our live shots and tell people what was kind of going on there. Yeah. Uh, we even moved because some protesters didn't want to be on camera. So we moved to accommodate them. Oh, how and wonderful. a smaller group of protesters came around and started sort of shouting. I mean, you'll, you'll go and stand on an old lady's front lawn. An old lady who's part of some fucking, I don't know, boomer MAGA group on Facebook. You'll go and stand on her front lawn and accuse her of being a Russian plant. And when she asks you to leave, you'll just continue standing there. But when the protesters say, get the fuck out of my hood, you're like, yes, sir. Because we stand up. <laughs> we stand up for truth and justice and liberty and light. Bringing news to people. We're fearless. We speak truth to power. They us down. They had a loudspeaker. They're trying to shut us down. They wanted us. They wanted us to move to a place where we couldn't see uh -huh. the protesters that were taunting the police. Mm. Uh, and that's when this water bottle gets thrown at one of our our guys. He stumbled back, fell over, tripped over a curb, but it heightened everything at that point. We started trying <laughs> ben to figure K. out. That's right, Brian. There was absolutely no evidence of an alleged cover-up. Back to you in the studio. How to make an exit because it was just getting too intense there. But we didn't so want to look intense. like we were running that's when somebody hit me with a water bottle uh -huh. and then we sort of just started moving toward our and then we started running <laughs> i mean we didn't want to look like pussies out there <laughs> but then i got hit and that's when everything changed <laughs> cars they continued to sort of pelt us with whatever they could find yeah. uh we got in the car and we took off i i, I cannot blame them for being angry but you know a lot of people are very <laughs> Did you hear that? We are experiencing levels. We are experiencing levels of cuckery that should not even be fucking possible. You can't blame them? Yeah, so basically what was happening, Brian, was we were being chased out of an area by protesters who were hurling things at us. Uh, we got hit. We had to run away back to our cars. But look, I can't blame them. <laughs> You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of when, you know, very progressive people, like if a, just say there's a terror attack and the terror says, we did this because we believe in our God and fuck you, devil. You, fuck your devil country. Fuck you. And we'll say to the very progressive people, they, they, they say that they did this because they love their God and fuck you, Satan country. Fuck you, devil country. And I'll say, no, that's not right. <laughs> they did it. They did it because they're marginalized by white supremacy. <laughs> you know, they'll tell them why they did it. No, that's wrong. We did this for the glory of God. No, 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 no. No, you didn't. You did this because there are Arabic characters on television and they are using stereotypes. <laughs> you did this because there aren't enough Saudi Arabian news readers in America. That's why you did this. You did this because somebody made a camel joke once. <laughs> A white supremacist. That's what it reminds me of. Well, you see, Brian, they were chasing us away and throwing things at us and hitting us in the head with garbage. But hey, I can't blame them for being angry. Oh. <laughs> what does that progressive dick taste like? But it heightened everything at that point. We started trying to figure out how to make an exit because it was just getting too intense there. Too intense. But we didn't want to look like we were 
running, that's when somebody hit me with a water bottle, and then we sort of just started moving toward our cars. They continued to sort of pelt us with whatever they could find. Uh, we got in the car and we took off. I, I, I cannot blame them for being angry, but you know, a lot of people are very angry, suspicious of the press, the corporate media, all those things come mm. into it at these places. And uh, it was just one of those situations that it was intense. There were people who were angry we at it. everything and everybody. And we happened to <laughs> be in the wrong place at the wrong time. They were, no, 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 they weren't angry at us. They were angry at everybody. We just happened to be there. Listen to it's never their fault, is it? You know, it's just one of those things. It was really intense. Everybody was angry. Uh, they weren't necessarily angry at us. <laughs> they were just angry at everybody. But hang on, Brian, I thought the only people who had distrust of the corporate media were right-wing fanatics. Isn't, isn't that what you've been told? Hmm? 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 Foggy in the chat. Wow, you fucking lying cunts. I mean, on the video, the woman said CNN being some bitches. They knew who you were. They were angry at you. It wasn't just a general anger. They were very specific. When they were throwing the bricks through the windows of the CNN building in Atlanta, Georgia last year, I'm pretty sure they knew which building they were going for. The buildings on the other two, the other two sides uh, next to CNN, they were unfucking touched. Absolutely brilliant. So there you go. I understand their anger. Who can blame them, really? <laughs> now, this is fantastic. And we're getting into the last part of the show. So if you do want to call in 646-583-2700. 646-583-2700. Uh, this is a New York Times opinion editor. Again, another flashback. Do you remember when we covered that story of the journalists boasting about how newsrooms are being filled with activists now? And how they, they literally said in the article, like antiquated notions such as, you know, um, you know, reporting facts, right? They think that's not as important as being agents for social change. So they think this is the way journalism has to go. Too much, too much effort is put into, you know, getting sources and verifying information and being factual when what we're really here to do is change the world. I'm not fucking joking. And they were boasting about this. All of these newsrooms. So this this should come as no surprise. Everyone has opinions about our next subject. Yeah. It's the opinion section of the New York Times. Okay. Last spring, we were covering controversy after controversy from the Times, including an internal revolt about Senator Tom Cotton's op-ed and the exit of opinion editor James Bennett. Now, Bennett's successor is Kathleen Kingsbury, uh -huh. and she has already proven to be an agent of change at the Times. What do you know? So who do we replace? I don't know. We've replaced some white guy uh, with this lovely young lady. And all of a sudden, uh, it's amazing how quickly she's she's become an agent of change at the New York Times. Oh, wonderful. Now, what kind of change do you think they're going... Press one in the chat if you think that they're going to become more factual, if they're going to become more grounded in journalistic ethics. Press two in the chat if you suspect that agent of change in this context means they're going to go way more extreme. 
Chris, two in the chat if you think they're going to go much further away from journalistic ethics as opposed to closer to them. What kind of change do you see happening here at the Times with this particular appointment? Just a hunch. Scott Vogler, two for extremely extreme. <laughs> it's all twos. It's wall-to-wall twos. So, you know, this relatively small sample size that we do have, nonetheless, uh, is in complete consensus. Nobody believes you. Nobody trusts you. One was announced this week. Okay. She's retiring that old-fashioned term op-ed and replacing it with something new. So let's dig into why. Kathleen Kingsbury joins me now for her first. Okay, so. <laughs> oh, fuck a duck. Hello, caller. Hey, Sugar Dumplin. I hear you like Southern accent. Hey, how you going? I'm good. Who's the, who do you think this is? Oh, come on now. Obviously, obviously, <laughs> obviously it's Ben. That's right. Yeah. I can't talk long. Okay. So I know you're sad. But um, I wanted to congratulate you on your sub. Oh, thank you. Yes. And um, say that I remember back when you only had like 50. Yes. That, that was, was just a few years ago. Yeah, just. <laughs> and I just want to take the public opportunity to say I told you so. <laughs> I, I told, you've been hanging on to that one for about five fucking years. Was, I know. <laughs> I, don't think it, I don't think the I told you so applies years after. Well, I didn't say when. There was no end date. Uh, you didn't put a time frame on it. So you got me with a fucking loophole. And to be honest, that's the only reason I've hung around this long. So really? um, to, I probably won't be around very much now. To claim victory. <laughs> be waiting for this one moment. Right, waiting for the dub, and now you're out. <laughs> that's right. It's the long game. Well, there you go. Well done. Uh, credit to you and your patience. Thank you very much. Yes. Yes. Thank you for taking my call. That's all right. That's all I, to say. Well, I have more I want to say, but I don't have time to say because I have to get back and play with Oh, sorry, sorry. Are we are we keeping you? Sorry. You're keeping me from. Sorry to inter. Sorry to interrupt your tasks. <laughs> sorry to interrupt <laughs> your day. Pardon me. Well, you bet. You best get off then and get back to whatever it is you do. I'm not doing anything important, really. Just doing a show, you know. Just doing a podcast. Uh, right. Were you busy? Were you in the middle of something? No, nah, no, nah, it's fine. <laughs> fine. I uh, thought you were picking belly button went. Yeah, yeah, well, probably rearranging my sock drawer. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for the call, Mr. Fun. See you around. I'm glad you're not whistling with all those missing teeth. Mm. Oh, by the way, yeah. speaking of that, I have a link in that damn thing. Mm. Whatever, Streamlabs. Yeah. But whatever. You still haven't figured it out Streamlabs, huh? I have figured out Streamlabs. Streamlabs sure. hasn't figured out me. <laughs> Do they have computers where you're from? Or? I'm from Mississippi. We, we no, so that's a no. That's a big no. Still, still using typewriters down in the SIP. <laughs> Victor tried to do it for me, and he said something about the box was red. So apparently I had like a band thing or whatever. Oh, no. I'm edgy. So, Too yeah, edgy, boy. All my, yeah. all my clips are banned. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a shame. <laughs> 
Thank you for keeping us safe, Streamlabs. All right. right. (laughs) Thanks for the call, Mr. Fun. I heart you and everybody hearts you. Thank you. Talk to you next time. All right. Bye. Bye. There she goes. The Minister of Fun, ladies and gentlemen. All right. So where were we? And and again, I have to reiterate, thank you to everyone who shares the link out and uh, who subbed on YouTube. Getting to a thousand. It was a white whale for me. It was a fucking albatross around my neck. Because I did think we would never get to a thousand, but finally we made it. <laughs> so I do appreciate. <coughs> pardon me. I do appreciate everyone's help in that regard. All right. So she's changing the world of opinion ed- editorials here. <laughs> she's changing it. She's changing the world here at the New York Times. She's a game changer. She's a trendsetter. She's not afraid to make the big calls, like, for example, renaming the term op-ed. <laughs> oh. She really is an agent of change. Isn't it funny how change for these people means it's always only the shallow stuff, isn't it? It's always only the window dressing. It's like if you have a car and the engine is fucking busted, like the engine is seized up, their their idea of fixing it would be to come along and put a different coat of paint on it. You know? And they say, oh, look, we changed, we fixed it. We changed it. And it's like, no, it's just, it's still the same shitbox car under the bonnet. Under the hood, it's still the same piece of shit. All, you do, all you've done is just change the wrapping. Go, yeah, which we're agents of change. We're making real change. But it's never real, is it? So she's an agent of change. And she's she, the first day she walks into all with all these journalists, walks into the team meeting and says, look, I've got some big ideas for this place. First of all, we're no longer going to use the term op-ed. Um, are we still going to have op-eds? Yes, but we're just going to call it something else. Oh. She's a fucking visionary, this one. How inspirational. I, I, I bet the team rallied behind her. Why? Kathleen Kingsbury joins me now for Time her out. first TV interview in her role. Yeah. So, Kathleen, you served as an interim editor last summer. You were officially named the job in January. Now you're making changes. See what I said before? Like, who's actually watching... CNN, who's actually paying attention to the corporate media? It's other members of the corporate media. Here we're interviewing a newspaper editor. Later on, later on that day, the New York Times will write a story where they cite CNN. You know, and then MSNBC will do a will do a, a clip about the New York Times story in which they were citing CNN. And then the Washington Post will write an article about the MSNBC clip, which was talking about the New York Times article, which was citing CNN. You see how this works? It's all a circle jerk. So that way, uh, at the end of the at the end of the game, when the whisper, the telephone game, when it gets around to the start again, the politician can come out and say, "Look, everybody agrees with us. Look at all of these sources. Look, they're all saying the same thing." Does retiring the term op-ed? relate to last year's controversies? Controversies. No, it doesn't. It was an over overdue change, Brian. You know, uh, the New York Times really invented the modern op-ed page 50 years ago. It was... It's it's 50 years old, therefore it's no good. (laughs) Don't you love the way these people fucking think? Remember, my favourite meme of like 2015 was current year. This, this is, current year is still around. They still do current year. Yeah, we just figure it was an overdue change. Why? Um, Because it's old. 
Oh. Because we used to we used to think the Earth was flat, but now we know better. That's why. Because it's 2021. Oh. Great. Great. We need to change it because it's not 1950. Any- yeah, I know it's not 1950 anymore, but why are we changing it? Because it's 2021. Good. Good reasoning. That's the kind of reasoning you can expect from Kathleen Kingsbury, uh, the woman who is an agent of change at the New York Times. Tiring the term op-ed relate to last year's controversies? No, it doesn't. It was an over overdue change, Brian. You know, uh, the New York Times really invented the modern op-ed page 50 years ago. It was called that because it was literally the print page. Literally. <laughs> Minister of Fun, give me with a great point. By that logic, the New York Times needs to be shut down. <laughs> they need to rename the New York Times. You know, the New York Times was named almost 100 years ago, and I think, you know, it's time for change. It was opposite the... Let's call it the fucking Vagina Chronicles. Editorial page, hence op-ed. Um, but that doesn't really mean very much to anyone in a digital age, and so we wanted to acknowledge even the most beloved traditions need to change sometimes. <laughs> so you're calling them guest essays now, which I think is a much better term. We are. I like how- oh, I'm, it's a much better term. It's a guest essay. <laughs> <laughs> It's, I think it's a much better term. She can't wait to have that praise. Yes, it is, isn't it, Brian? Age, and so we wanted to acknowledge even the most beloved traditions need oh, to change me. sometimes. So you're calling them guest essays now, which I think is a much better term. We are. I like how you call it. You said in your piece, you yeah. said it's clubby, yeah. you know, op-eds, clubby newspaper jargon. There's no, there's no need yeah. for it. Mm. So what is the purpose more broadly? Listen to this. Terms, so this is why they're changing it. Listen to this. Terms like op-ed are, by their nature, clubby newspaper jargon. We are striving to be far more inclusive in explaining how and why we do our work. So, So you want the news to be about the people who write the news, don't you? Which has been a long time criticism. Of having an opinion section in the digital age. Well, an opinion report does something very different than a newsroom. What no, we are trying not anymore, to do every day, not if anymore. our news pages are telling, showing the world as it is, our opinion pages are really trying to tell our readers how the world can and, and perhaps should be. But I just call it being free. Sinister Charlie in the chat, so like a YouTuber? No, fuck no. Fuck no, Charlie. That's completely different, bro. YouTubers aren't authoritative. They have no right to say the way the world should be. In the digital age. Well, an opinion report does something very different than a newsroom. What we are trying to do every day, if our news pages are telling, showing the world as it is, our opinion pages are really trying to tell our readers how the world can and, and perhaps should be. Should be. Hmm. Well, she really is an agent of change. 
And uh, you know, you, you think about all of the stances your opinion uh, section takes, your editorial board takes, for example, endorsing both Elizabeth Warren and Amy Klobuchar uh, in the Democratic primary. How does the editorial board assess Joe Biden so far? Um, you know, I think that we we endorsed Joe Biden in 2020, I should say. Of course, he in went on to- What? <laughs> like the turning of the time. What? And the man no, you're joking. You're kidding, aren't you? This is new. This is fucking news to me. I don't know what is. If that ain't love, I don't know what is. Well, we endorsed Joe Biden in 2020. You don't fucking say. Win. Um, I think we all... <laughs> I think we can all uh, agree that things seem calmer, particularly the news cycle. Um, but you, you, know, you run, what? you run the news cycle. Uh, hello, hello. Excuse me. Can you hear me in the back? You run the news cycle. Well, I think we can all agree that the news cycle is a little calmer because that's your call. Because that's your choice. Fuck me. This this level of just pissing in your face, it shouldn't even it shouldn't even be possible. Yet here we are. Well, I think we can all agree that the uh Joe Biden news cycle is a is is it's a lot more calm than it was under Trump. Uh, what is your job again, by the way? Oh, I'm the opinion editor at the New York Times. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So you decide what's in the newspaper? Yeah, that's me. And what do you think of Joe Biden? Well, the news the newspaper is a lot calmer. <laughs> the fucking balls on these people, huh? Absolutely fucking brilliant. Alright. With that, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us on this Monday night edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. It's absolutely great to be back. Thank you to everyone who contributed tonight on DLive and on Streamlabs. Thank you to everyone who subbed to the YouTube channel. I'll be back on Wednesday night, probably at 7pm with another show. So stick around for Irrational Times coming up. Coffee Talk with Sandra, everybody's favourite lover of French women, Mersh, might be around. I saw Adonis Paul in the chat earlier. Give Adonis Paul a follow. He's covering that, that terrific horror cow, the horror cow of 2021. Uh, and follow him now because he's probably going to lose the channel very soon. So you want to be in on the ground floor of the fresh one. So do that. Uh, who else you got? Joy of Pessy. Winning TV tomorrow night, of course. DLive.tv slash winning TV. Iceman, double four, double three. At Real Person Peel, TCS. Royce Lopez, Daywave, JJ Stoner, Major Tom, and Sunday Night Shit Show, of course. Sunday Night Shit Show. So, until Wednesday night, ladies and gentlemen, stay calm, stay rational. God bless, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.